Is hot girl summer still happening this year? How many carbs are in a white claw? If I squat every day, will I get a dump truck? I'm Shay. I'm Leah. We are Two-Tone Two Tone Training. Training. You're listening to Don't Tone Alone. Captured. In between PA school, being a CrossFit athlete, and doing all the things, we managed to capture this baddie. I, I don't know how it <laughs> happened, but we got her on Zoom, locked and loaded. We've got Steph Chung in the house. If you don't know, now you know. We are so excited to have this superstar athlete, role model. Um, she's a fellow Bostonian in the house. So What, what up, Steph? Guys, thanks so much for having me. I'm glad we made this work. I know. Yeah, this is one it's of those things, guys, coming. just to let all the listeners in, like planning these podcasts just like is never easy. Like we have this amazing team, but we got to get studio time and then we got to lock the guests down and then all, like life happens and so many things just like are ever changing. But luckily, Steph made some time for us tonight and we are just grateful, blessed. Yeah, really be blessed for us. Also, you guys hit play and you don't know all the behind the scenes. <laughs> you don't know all the stresses that came with this. Um, but no, much um, well-awaited and stuff. We are so excited to have you. You've got quite the setup over there. Yeah. Can you just give a visual for, I mean, talk us through what's happening behind there? Yes. So this is during COVID. Our, our second bedroom became the everything room and we were coaching on Zoom so we needed like a background. Rob was like, we need a background. So we had all of our old competition stuff lying around. So like you can see behind me is like my nameplate from regionals, the year that I qualified for the games. And like we have some t-shirts from competitions. We have like photos of us, all of the like, if you can see all of those tags are from like competitions when they give you the like athlete tag and that's your credentials to get everywhere. So Rob created this really cool like wall and he asked after COVID if we wanted to take it down. And I was like, no, let's The wall it. is staying, so Rob. I'm glad. So, yeah. so for those of you who don't know yeah. who Rob is, can you tell <laughs> who, her? Who's Rob? <laughs> Sorry, Rob is my husband. No, that's okay. Yeah. No, yeah. the great thing about this podcast is that we got some CrossFit people, but we got a lot of non-CrossFit people. So we're, we're letting them in. Rob is your husband and he's also a coach. Is that right? Yes. So, um, he is a, a CrossFit level three coach. He manages the Invictus Boston gyms, the one in Fenway and two in back Bay. Um, and we actually, the fun thing about this wall is we actually met abroad. We were living in Doha, Qatar. And that's when I start, he was coaching. He was, um, the coach and he started, he convinced me to start competing. He's the whole reason that I'm, I'm in this mess. And, um, <laughs> so a lot of those the things on the wall are from when we lived abroad. So it's really, it's also really fun for us to like, look back at those memories. Wait. So uh, I just, so he was the coach and then you weren't competing at all. And then he convinced you to be an athlete and then coach athlete, like spill the tea stuff. Like, oh what is that allowed? Also, like what's going on? Partner up with someone who just forces you to level <laughs> up like ideal couple goals. Exactly. It, yeah. He totally, I mean, I've always been a competitive person, but I never, ever, ever thought that I was going to compete in CrossFit. I thought I was like, you know, too broken from gymnastics, wasn't good at it, you know, like, uh, and at the time I moved from the U.S., it was huge in the U.S. So you had to be like really good, a really good athlete. You had to dedicate so much of your time. And I was like, I'm never going to be at that level. And so when I moved abroad, I had a little bit more time. I was like working a real job. So when I left that job, I had nothing else to do. I was 22 years old in a foreign country like I had no friends so I just ended up spending a lot of my time at the gym and his argument was like well if you're gonna spend time here like spend it working out not and like socializing while you do that not sitting on the couch like socializing right, so we started fair. training a little bit more there was a really cool group of guys that I worked out with um they became like my family there and then you know I'm naturally a little bit competitive Rob was like you know, why don't you just try to see if you can qualify for something local and then you can use it as an excuse to travel the region and see different places in the Middle East. So I did and I loved it. And then he kept coaching me and here we are. 
So it starts, it start, that's so funny. Like it starts small, right? You got, you just compete in something local. It can be, it's like me and shopping. It starts with one article of clothing and then, and then before <laughs> the whole you know damn it. stores in my cart. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to dive a little bit deeper into that coach and um, athlete relationship. Like how is it navigating? I know that like, like Tia Claire to me, um, her husband is her coach. And I'm just so curious how that works. Cause I just know me and I would get real pissed off at my significant other if they were telling me what to do we had our moments it's it's hard sometimes I think you know like you can even the people who do it well I'm sure that there are tense moments you know it's emotional being an athlete especially a professional one um and then having it be the person that you go to the gym with and come home to and like separating that can be tough um but I think we did a really good job of it you know is like the relationship in the gym was coach athlete and, you know, more came with it. it you know, we never, comple- you never completely shut off those two sides, but he always did a really great job of, you know, in the gym as coach athlete, this is what we are. Like, you know, I'm going to tell it to you straight. You're not, you know, if you're thinking of me as your boyfriend, your fiance, you know, it's not gonna be nice, but like, this is what we need to get you where you want to go. And so it was always kind of, um, Ultimately, he always had my best interest in mind, um, still does. And so that's what made the the criticism a little bit easier to swallow. It's hard sometimes, though. I mean, I can imagine. I mean, I for me, I feel like it wouldn't even be like the working out. I feel like it would be like the nutrition side of things, like at home and being like, no, like I just I want to eat this. So please don't say anything. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shush. He was actually the best at that. So I always thought that I ate really healthy, you know, in college, you're like, oh yes, like I'm so healthy. I eat like a green vegetable every once in a while. I got sweet green um, this one time, so I'm fit. (laughs) Snatched. And when I, so when I started, when I moved abroad and then started actually training a lot, you start to look at your nutrition and you're like, well, what I was doing wasn't cutting it. Um, So he, he got my nutrition on track, like told me what I should eat. We did the whole macro thing. I had never done that before. So that was all brand new. He showed me how to like weigh, measure, prep, do all the stuff. I'm um, so curious. So like when you said you're like what I wasn't doing, yeah. like wasn't cutting it. Like what was it? And what, what was the things? transition? Oh God. So long ago. Let me see if I can remember. So, I mean, I didn't, I didn't track anything, which is totally normal. Like, right. you know, the average right. person does not have to track what they're eating. Right. You don't have to keep track of it. Um, but I, you know, some days I would be so hungry, you know, in the middle of training, I would be like lightheaded, just super hungry. Like I need to eat right now. And then other days it would be like, I would eat way too much for what I was doing, you know, and Mm -hmm. there was no consistency. There wasn't any balance. I certainly was overtraining some days based on what I was eating and then, you know, overdoing it another. So I guess the the best way I can remember is just, he was like, we need some consistency. Like you need to get enough protein to make sure that you're not killing yourself. And we need to make sure like, you know, I think the traditional thinking, at least in college for me is like, don't eat carbs. Like, (laughs) Just you, don't eat. Oh, Shay, I Shay did, did the same thing. She would do these like insane workouts in college and come home and eat like three leaves of spinach. I'm like, honey, that's not it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, I was scary looking. Yeah. Right. It was like, you felt bad if you went out and ordered like a baked potato, like, you know, <laughs> and I think that was the biggest thing for me was learning like, okay, I carbs are okay. You know, like you, you have to be careful about what they right. are, you know, quality always matters. Right. Like, and using them around your training too. Right. Right. We experimented a lot with timing. Like once we got good at macros, we experimented a lot with like timing of what I was eating and do you think timing has, um, an effect on like, yeah, just an effect in general. I think it has an effect on training. I never used it for body composition. I know that's what like a lot of people do is if they're trying to lose weight, they try to put their carbs right around their meal. And I've done that with nutrition clients as well. I think it, probably works for people who are kind of sensitive to carbs. Mm -hmm. For me, I only ever used it for training. So it was like, if I was doing two sessions a day, I knew that I needed the majority of my carbs, like in breakfast, in between sessions. And then in the second session, I needed a little bit of carb, like in the session to keep me going. Right. So I can only really speak to performance. I think for performance, it for sure helps. 
Um, I think one thing that was really interesting, I listened to um, just some of your interviews and she was get you were saying that you had to sometimes get creative. Obviously, you're like traveling a lot and sometimes you just like had to go to the grocery store because obviously you need to hit those macros. It's not always easily available. <laughs> I remember you saying even like Italy was a tough place to kind of be able to do it. And I'm like, Leah and I are famous for making the most the outrageous most concoctions. Meals. And then we'll post them on Instagram and people are like, horrified, disgusting. <laughs> Please take that down. Yeah. Do you, do you have any like top of mind that you're like, honestly, WTF? <laughs> oh God. There have been so many over the years that I like traveling for competition. You bring what you can, but you can't always, you know, you can't bring everything that you need. So you're kind of stuck. And I think, I think the interview you're referring to, I like went to the grocery store and I had to eat like cold, um, fit, like stuffed fish. It was like stuffed oh. squid. Oh yeah. my God. I can't even imagine. It was don't look at me. We, the, yeah, it, I remember specifically because I, um, we didn't have a microwave and we didn't know that we didn't have a microwave. Um, so everything had to be cold, but I was like really low on, I was really low on everything. It was a travel day. And so like short of just eating cereal, which I think I also did because I couldn't have like rice. <laughs> oh my so gosh. It was like cereal and then like whatever I could find at the pre-made bar, but it was late. So it was, everything was cold. Like nothing was fresh. And that's probably, that's probably the worst it's gotten. Oh my God. I got to do this. I got, I have to hit my macros. It's competition day. Duh. Leah, I'm trying to think. So what are some of like the worst ones that we've had? I mean, I can just like remember we po- posted like a rice cake with a hard boiled egg and sriracha. Yeah. And we got a lot of, we got a lot of, that's not that weird. I think if you like sriracha, that's not that weird. Thank do you. Do you like sriracha? I do. Okay. Phew. All right. What's here? If you had one condiment, like I just, I love asking this question to people. One condiment. Gosh. Just stopping you in your okay. tracks. Yeah. One condiment for the rest of my life. It's hot sauce. Yeah. I don't know if you can tell me to pick one. Um, oh, ours is totally hot sauce too. It's hot because hot sauce goes on everything. It does. Everything. And I, I hate ketchup. I hate mayo. Huh. Wait, so even if you had a French fry, you wouldn't put it in ketchup? 100%. I hate ketchup. Uh, a hamburger? I mean... Zero. Zero. <laughs> Shay, you can keep listing food. It's going to be uh-huh. not. <laughs> She's like, wow. I promise you there has never been a food that has ketchup on it that I will eat. If my, like, if Rob has fries and they touch his ketchup, like, I'm not eating those fries. I'm, He's like, word. So I'm going like, to just keep, like, nudging that. these into my ketchup so you don't touch my fries. Do you like yes. tomatoes, though? I do. I love tomatoes. Mm. I love all kinds of tomatoes. I love fresh tomatoes, cooked tomatoes, tomato sauce, pasta sauce. I just, <laughs> there's something really good. That's kind of like me. I like apples, but, like, not apple juice. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's different. Just the thing. It is. I will. Okay. I will say that, um, I was in Reno last summer visiting one of my sponsors, um, and they make homemade ketchup and it's not the same. And I ate it and it was delicious. You heard it it here first folks. So (laughs) I will say they converted me to like real, like real ketchup, I guess, but yeah, other, other, not the fake, not the fake ish. That's fair. I know. I came I came home with a jar of it and Rob was laughing at me. He was like, are you kidding me right now? You flew across the country with <laughs> a bottle of ketchup. That's like, priorities. This is not. I know this yeah, is not, not like ketchup. me, but you got to keep it spontaneous, you know? <laughs> um, wait, but speaking of food and you and Rob, who is the better chef? Like who normally cooks or preps? Oh, hands down, Rob. This is not a hard question. I am not a good cook. I'm better at food prep than I am at cooking things that actually taste nice. Right. Yeah, you're like, I can put my chicken and my rice and my veggies, but I don't know how to make it taste good. Yes. Yes. He is. He's a great chef. He loves, loves cooking too, which is amazing because I think if you love something and it relates to like how you feed yourself, that's just incredible. <laughs> All the better. Like, I feel like that was like a first at like my non-negotiables list when I like was start dating. I was like, they <laughs> must be able to cook. And it just, it hasn't carried through so well. But <laughs> it's all right. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> you, uh, you've got time, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 no, it'll be fine. Um, he, but, no, that's, oh, that's sorry. Great. He also, um, he, he likes cooking a lot of different things, which is fun. So like he's, he's totally, he'll do meal prep, but like he just loves cooking different stuff, which is fun. So every weekend, um, every weekend we he does something a little bit different and it's like 
I don't know. It's great. I love to eat. Well, yeah, because everyone always says that eating healthy is has to be boring, but clearly not, according to Rob. Clearly not. But I want to take things back a little bit. You talk about kind of um, upping your game while you're abroad, really starting to train, um, obviously a little bit harder, more like an athlete. Where is that point where you're like, wow, like I can actually like be legit at this and I can turn this into a career? Mm, um, That's a really good question. So I had the thought after I qualified for my first regional. So the, I guess the first year that I lived in the Middle East, I did the open, which is the way that you kind of qualify for what was then um, regionals. And I was one spot away from qualifying. And that was the point where I was like, oh my gosh, like if I really spend my time and like really train, I could maybe make regionals next year, which was a big deal. Like back then that was, I don't know, I think 10 people in our region went to regionals. It was in Spain, like all the things. So that was the goal then was like, wow, maybe I can actually make it to regionals. That would be the highlight of my life. Like, let's just try. Can you pinpoint Um, like what the thing was that was like holding you back a little bit or like what the hardest part of kind of like training overall was or maybe. Yeah, I think I was just new. I was like, I wasn't super strong. I was still kind of dialing in who I was as an athlete. I was trying to get good at things, um, technique wise, trying to build up my volume in gymnastics, things that you need to be good at CrossFit, right? Like you, you can do a workout that's low skill, but you need to be like good at the skill stuff. So at that time I was still kind of trying to get good at that. And over the next year, we actually went to watch regionals that year that I missed it by one spot. And I sat in the stands and I can remember there was one empty lane because one girl didn't show up. Stop it. Talk about rubbing salt in the wound. Yeah. All weekend. I was like, that's my lane. And the next year I was like on fire. Like I set myself on fire. So we did a lot of work with um, just technique stuff. Uh, I think you, you asked like when I thought I could get there, I didn't know but we were like, you were close. So you might as well try as hard as you can. And then we'll see where the open takes you. And then the next year that I qualified, um, that's when I was like, I actually really love this. Let's try this full time. That's so wild. And isn't it so crazy to look back at those moments? Like I'm sure you were devastated when you missed it by one, but like that's potentially the reason that you are as good as you are now. Like those losses at the time are so devastating and then they really do, you know, make you who you are as an athlete. So that's really amazing to hear. 100%. Like failures, I tell everyone like failures and heartbreak, it sucks. No one wants it, but it's the whole reason you become who you are. Like the year that I qualified for the games, I look back at the January before that I went to Wadapalooza, a massive competition, notoriously like a really stacked field. And I did terribly, like <laughs> by my own standards, I was so upset with myself. I just, I left the weekend and was distraught. I was like, I don't even know if I want to compete again. Like this is not the experience that I want to have. And so Rob and I talked for weeks, like, do you even want to go through with this season? Do you want to do like, you know, just go through the open, maybe don't even go to regionals. And, um, that was the turning point where I was, I said to myself, like, no, you're gonna, you're gonna push through, you're gonna turn things around. Like things clearly aren't going well in training and you're going to change things and make it, make it better. And that's what makes you who you are in the elite of the elite. Cause so many people, when you hit that point, they kind of just like, it's so easy to walk away. Um, and th- I think it just shows and proves a lot to your character that you kind of went back and hit hit them even harder. We actually just went to Wadapalooza. We did, yes, it was amazing. I know. Did you love it? Oh, we loved it. I it's loved so every great. moment, and I feel so inspired by it. I mean, just just yeah. watching it is incredible. It was, yeah, it was so exciting. Um, but I want to talk about another big part of your life, which is obviously the fact that you're in PA school currently, right? Yes. Kind of a major part of my life now. <laughs> that yes. is wild. So again, what sparked that? And yeah, how did you, yeah, take us back. Yeah. So, um, I guess way, way back when I graduated from college, I was applying to medical school. So that was moving to the middle East was meant to be like a nine month gap year, 
get some experience, live abroad, do something cool. And then like dig, dig down and go to med school. Um, and I was applying when I was abroad and something in me was just not quite sure that the, that route was for me. Um, what did your family think? Were they like, what the heck are you doing? Like come back. (laughs) Yeah. And also where did you go to school? Um, I went to undergrad at Cornell. Okay. Um, and my parents actually bless them have always been so supportive. So they, I think my mom knew a little bit that maybe med school wasn't quite right. Like I always knew I wanted to do healthcare, but I think she had this feeling like it just wasn't for me, Mm -hmm. um, exactly like that career path. And so she really encouraged me to go abroad. They were a little bit surprised that I chose to go to the Middle East. Um, I will admit. And why, and why did you? It was a really cool opportunity. So um, I went to undergrad at Cornell. They have a med school um, in Qatar. Wow. And so I was hired as essentially a a TA to teach their kids biology, um, the pre-med kids. And it was an opportunity I was never going to get in the U.S. because I didn't have my grad degree. It It was great. They made the whole process moving there really easy. So it was kind of a unique thing. And the, the understanding was that it was a kind of gap year program where like, they weren't expecting you to stay for forever. Most kids only stayed one cycle. You could go another if you wanted to, but it was just kind of cool. Um, so they were a little bit surprised that I chose there, but I think they understood why it just made sense. Yeah. And when I told them I might not come back, they were real. they were really happy. They're like, well, it's great. You love your life there. And you know, you get more time to figure out what you want to do instead of med school. And then I ended up staying there five years. And by then it was like, like, are you ever coming back? (laughs) But of course the goal, Rob and I, when we got engaged, we were living abroad and, um, we talked a lot about whether we were going to just stay. There is a thing, a lot of expats, you know, you make it through the one year mark and then you make it to like the three and the five year mark. And then you have people who live there for like 10, 15 years. Cause it's a great place to live. It's the people are amazing. It's awesome. And we talked about whether we were going to like become those people. And yeah. we never really, we never really wanted to stay because both of our professional goals kind of placed us back here. Like I always wanted to go back to healthcare. He always wanted to own and manage a gym. And that wasn't really possible for us there. So fast forward. So I, we moved back. We thought we were going to open a gym, ended up not working out. Um, we got a job at Invictus Boston. Uh, the pandemic hit, we were all stuck at home and we both like, I kind of looked at my life and I was like, I want to, I want to be in medicine. Like this is, I've been putting it off for so long because I love being an athlete. Yeah, I love the life we have. There's nothing wrong with it. I adore competing. I love it so much, but when we were stuck at home, we couldn't do anything. You know, I think a lot of people had that time to reflect. And Absolutely. for me, it was like, it's time. I'm going, I'm going back into healthcare. That's amazing. Um, and here we are. Wait, so curious though, during this like five year span your way, did you see your family at all? Did you come back? And like yes. when they saw you, were they like, you are just like 10 times more muscular than <laughs> when we last saw you? <laughs> I'm dead. <That's- laughs> That's hilarious. I actually should ask them. I yeah, no are they idea. like, they're like, Steph, you look yoked. <laughs> like, what do they feed you in the Middle East? And I feel like if I was you, I'd be like offended if they didn't say anything. <laughs> they definitely, they knew. So we were very, I'm very close to my family. So we talked a lot, even though the time difference was a little bit challenging. I did come back here and there. So most Christmas, I think the first year, because I didn't know that I was not coming back. I stayed and I traveled for a couple of my breaks, but then I came home for the whole summer and things like that. And so they knew my life was changing a little bit in the way that I worked out and ate and things like that. But I'm sure it was a shock for them. Oh my gosh. How is it? Like, I mean, take us through that journey. I'm sure that's like so crazy to like watch your body just like transform that way from being like a gymnast to now being like a CrossFit athlete. Like, um, how do you feel? And like, when do you feel the most confident and do you feel like the best you ever have now? Yes, I definitely feel the best that I've ever felt, especially my body, um, health wise, like as a gymnast, you just do so much repetitive pounding. Um, 
it's so repetitive that I had injuries all the time. You know, I, and I know a lot of girls who had injuries all the time, different body parts or same body part, different ways. You know, we were kind of always training through pain. And I think I always thought that's the way it was and it just should be. And so starting CrossFit was really interesting for me because there were so many modalities that I'd never touched. Like I'd never picked up a barbell. I'd never, um, I'd obviously swung on a bar. I'd done the body weight stuff, but like the lifting, the, the running, rowing, all of it was new. And I think doing all of that variety in a, in a smart way, of course, I didn't just jump right on in was really good for my body. And I, in the beginning, when I started, I was like, I am never going to be able to compete in this sport. I remember doing a GHG setup. Um, and like my whole body hurt. Like I did one all the way back, you know, you like lay back, you touch the ground, then you sit up all the way to the pads and like a shock went all the way from my brain to my toes, (laughs) like, because I had back instability and I was like, I'm never ever going to be able to compete in the sport because I'm broken. Like I'm going to just, this is going to be my hobby for the rest of my life. And through years of training, you know, gradually getting better, focusing on technique, doing all the things, kind of building the base. Um, I feel way better today than I ever, ever felt as a gymnast. That's incredible. Cause I feel like a lot of times, like, I feel like obviously gymnastics gets somewhat of that rep, but I honestly feel like it's CrossFit people saying like, that's such a like dangerous sport. People are always injured. Like, I don't even want to kind of like go near it. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I think that CrossFit does get a a bad rap because we do a lot of different movements that people don't do in their everyday life. So it's, for me, I see it as twofold. Number one, it could be people who, who kind of come into CrossFit, they're athletic at a baseline, but they haven't done a lot of this stuff in years, similar to how, like, if you played say soccer in college, Mm -hmm. you go to like an adult league without having played in 10 years and you like blow your ACL. (laughs) Like, you know, like people get injured being active all the time. And I don't think CrossFit is any different, but it's way different than what people are used to. So it's easy to, to say like, Oh, it gets you injured. And I think that the other side of it is like, um, if people aren't really paying attention to their recovery as well as they should, um, which to be honest, a lot of people don't like, you know, sometimes I fall off too. And then I get the little like creak and I'm like, Oh, okay. I got to pay attention to that like that can lead to overuse injuries. And it's easy because, you know, some people are competitive and if they, they want to lift a certain weight or they want to, you know, go RX in the workout, they just push themselves a little bit too hard. But I think that that's not unique to CrossFit. Um, You know, runners get overuse injuries. I think all sports get overuse injuries. So it's, it's kind of about being smart. I tell everyone, like when you start, no matter how fit you are, I don't care where, what your background was. Like you have to start easy because it's different. Yeah, right. Back to basics. I feel like everyone wants to like <laughs> post that IG reel, right? With the million pound weights. <laughs> and it's just like, that's not realistic. It's you got to kind of start small. I'm like, I get it. I'm super competitive. So if someone were to tell me, like, for example, when I've been hurt and rehabbing myself, if I go and drop into a, a different gym, I don't want to be told to scale the workout. Like, you know, my pride oh, yeah. is like, You're I like, need to scale that workout. I know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, and then Rob is like, don't be an idiot. You don't have pull-ups yet. Like you can't do pull-ups. <laughs> you right. haven't hung from a bar. <laughs> so, so we all get it. Right. It's like so easy to do, but I feel, um, I feel that's maybe where the, the bad reputation comes from is people pushing just a little too hard. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like when you're an athlete too, it kind of coming in that ebbs and flows. Like I'm sure like sometimes you feel like there are probably points where you feel stronger than you have felt now. And like, it'd be interesting to know, I guess, where you are now as far as like balancing PA school and CrossFit. She's like, it doesn't exist, but thanks for asking. <laughs> balance. Um, balance. <laughs> so I do my best. Um, I, it's oh, tough. I, put it on my calendar. I was just saying, um, that I, my calendar is where everything goes if it matters. So like I have my classwork on there. I have my studying on there. I have gym and I have like day nights with Rob. It's stupid. I'm like, like I put like, you know what I mean? But like, it's, 
stuff like that. Like my calendar, if it's on my calendar, it's happening. Like it might not happen at that time, but it's happening. You like yeah. didn't show up to dinner and you're like, sorry, Rob, you didn't send the Outlook <laughs> invite. It's your fault. Right. It wasn't on my calendar. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we, we share, we share his cal- our calendars. So thankfully I see everything that he has on there too. Um, <laughs> you can definitely yeah. move this. I should be the priority. Yeah. I, I actually mostly feel bad for him because my calendar is so aggressive that, um, like if he clicks the, like my calendar, I'm sure it just blows up in pink. And it's like, he's like, I gotta, how, how small in detail do you get? Like, I'm really curious, <laughs> like painting toenails, mm. but say the most ridiculous thing on your calendar yeah. right now. I need to know. I'm scrolling here. We go. I like want to be that um, person, but I'm just not. Like, no, I you won't be. Shay, no. Like I am not Leah. You're definitely way more type A than like I am. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't get into the minutia, but if I know that I have to do something that I've been putting off for a long time, like go get a wax, it goes on the calendar. It's like, we get, okay. this, this has to get done, you know, <laughs> but I don't get into like, Hmm. Um, comb hair at PM <laughs> before bed. Like, I okay. feel like that's like our grandpa. He he's known. He does a hundred strokes. <laughs> you look great, perfectly quaffed. There, Howie. That is intense. So just as a, I don't know if you can see, but this. Oh is my lordy! And I'm just like this. honored that we like made it. I know. Are we? Are we in there? Blog. We better be. Yes. Duh. You are. You are this little pink one down here. Oh, oh stop! So cute. Wow. Love that for us. So you're on my calendar. It's happening. It's happening. So balance doesn't truly exist, but you've become a master of time management. So do you have any advice for those people? Maybe they're not in the medical field. Maybe they are. Um, What are like a few of your tips and tricks for managing your time? Yeah, the calendar is a big one. I think that like for me anyways, it's a very concrete way of saying this matters to me. So I'm making time for it, but I think it comes down to just saying that, you know, you have to like identify what is it that means something to you and then admit like what doesn't. And that's kind of the hard thing for me. I've always wanted to do a lot of things and do a lot of things for people and like say yes to things. I have a hard time saying no, but I think that when your time is really limited, you have to just identify like not, it's not that it's not important to me, period. It's just not important to me right now. So we'll make time for it when it, you know, when there is a little bit more wiggle room. Um, and I think that's, yeah, that's a hard thing for people to understand. And that's a hard thing when you are just like leveling up in life and just being comfortable with the fact that like you will have to say no to people. And like, I just can imagine that. Do you ever like compare yourself to other athletes and be like, well, like this is their full-time job and like, I have to go to school. Like, I don't know. Do you find yourself doing yourself doing that? Yeah. As much as I try not to, it's hard, especially the semifinals started last weekend. Yes. And like I tested some of the workouts because they're fun and that's what I trained for. I love doing that. And of course my performance is, you know, mm-hmm. not as good as it would be if I, if I, it were last year and I was competing, training full time. And so it's hard, I think, not to compare yourself to people. And this is the, you have to just know where you're at. You have to take yourself where you're at and say, this is where I'm at today. Let me give hundred percent of what I have today, which is not necessarily hundred percent of what I have ever. It's not going to be my best but I'm here and I'm doing it. And like, this is what we're working with. I think that's kind of what I try to tell people what they, like you said, do you have any advice? It's like, don't not go to the gym just because you're tired, just because like, you don't think you have it in you today. Like you have something in you, right? right? It might not be what you had wanted this morning (laughs) and what you had planned. Like I have changed my workout so many times, you know, I'm really lucky. I get programming from my coach Um, which makes it very easy. But there are times where I've been like, I can't do that today. I don't have it in me to do that. So I need to do something else. And that, I think that mindset of like, it's not all or nothing. It's just, it might be something different, but you can do something is really important. Being able to pivot and show up as your best self, no matter what that looks like. the plan, but never the goal. Boom. Boom. (laughs) <laughs> um, but right now, I guess, what does a week of workouts look like? Do you have kind of like a, a workout split you can share with our fellow toners? Mm, 
That's a really good question. It does change week to week. And I don't know all of the, the details behind what Yami gives me. Um, so Rob is I, no longer your coach, just to be clear. Rob doesn't program for me. Okay. No, he, but he's in person with me. He still plays a major role in like helping me day to day. Okay. Um, I guess now our schedules don't align as much in the gym, but he is the in-person person. Um, my, the guy who programs for me lives in Iceland. Wow. So we, um, we have an app. And so he puts my programming app, which is very, very helpful because I'm the kind of person who's like, I want to be told what I'm doing. I don't want to get to the gym and just have to like come up with it myself. I need to know that like, okay, today we're doing back squats. Tomorrow we're doing snatch. So typically in general, he has me do each of the major lifts through the week. So I, I back squat, I snatch and I clean and jerk. And then I have a Metcon almost every day. Um, so the like sweaty, get out of breath stuff. Cause that's what I like. Oh, Sam, so, that's our jam. Yeah. It's mostly, it's what gets me into the gym. So he gives me that every day just to be like something I'm looking forward to. Um, All the like non-fitness day, peeps listening to this are like, you look forward to that. Right. You want that? Yeah. I want, I want the feeling after that. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> those endorphins. Give me those. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that anyone is like, I especially, I did an especially horrible one today. So like, I'm not exactly sure that everyone loves being in it, but like afterwards yeah, you love it. It's the after. Yeah. Yeah. And then I usually have one day, um, that's a little bit longer. That's like just sport. So like today, for example, it's a 30 minute workout where like, maybe that doesn't sound so long, but that's like pretty long for what we do. And then maybe one day I have a monostructural, which would be something like a long bike run row etc. Does that answer your question? I'm like, yeah, no, like I'm like, I'm like taking notes. Yeah, I'm like, like, okay, Leah, we have tomorrow. <laughs> um, but I do want to talk about your amazing career. And like, I know you're in such a cool place right now. You've got so many amazing things going on, but are there any just like peaks that you can, that stand out some peak moments? I know we've talked about a few of them, but. Um, in my CrossFit career. Yes. Qualifying for the games is pretty cool. I have to say, um, I wasn't, mostly because I wasn't one of those people that straight out was like, I'm going to games. You know, I told you, like, we started off being like, I want to qualify for a competition in Bahrain. Like I, (laughs) I just want to go to have a justification to like travel somewhere. Um, but I think right before that regionals, that, that whole season was a big roller coaster, like going from being really down in January at Wadapalooza to like having a pretty good open, and then somewhere in the lead up to regionals being like, you know, someone really asked me, what are, what are your goals? Is your third regionals? Like, do you have goals? And I was like, you know, I kind of like, it would be cool to make the games. And someone was like, say it with confidence. And I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to make the games. Like that was, well, it yeah. really didn't happen until like just before. And I don't know if I really even like believed it. It was just something of like, yeah, that's a, that's a reasonable goal. Like, I actually think I could like do this. Um, and regionals itself was a roller coaster. Day one was horrible for me. I ended up in like 27th place. I didn't follow the leaderboard. So I, these are all like estimates based on what people told me. I finished day one in 27th place out of 40. Not good. Um, I think that's so hard too, as an athlete, like you can train so much and then it come the day of competition. Like you just, I don't know, there's still like variables that come into it. Yeah. Yeah. That was not the, like the, I mean, we knew the workouts weren't going to be great for me, but you just never know. Like it could go either way. And day one went like all the bad ways. (laughs) (laughs) Stop going that way. (laughs) All the bad ways. So I ended up in like the second to last heat, like way down. And then day, day two were really good events for me. I think I ended up in like fourth and fourth or something that day. Um, so I moved up the leaderboard and then, um, the first event on Sunday, the last day I won it. And then I did just enough in the final workout to tie for the last qualifying position. And then I won the tie because I had won the workout that morning. I love asking so, this question. So what is like, what are like some, some things that you see in the workout and you're like, yes, like, thank God, because I absolutely crushed this. And what's something that you see on the board and you're like, shit, I, I don't got this. <laughs> um, God, there's so like, don't expose me like this. <laughs> no, I've, I've got a list. 
so the the oh no movements usually it's the assault bike I just just like the assault bike oh. um and and traditionally had been running but I have been working on my running so we'll we'll move running up a okay, little bit okay. higher than the assault bike and um I really like seeing handstand walks and I like seeing dumbbell lunges or any kind of lunges I love watching handstand walks. I can't do them, but I like, I love watching that. Yeah. We were attempting handstands the other day and it just wasn't pretty. We'll get there. We'll get there. It's just practice. Yeah. I mean, I have a head start being a gymnast. That's like the one All thing right, that came duh. into CrossFit. Like someone was like, go on your hands. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No problem. Like that's fine. <laughs> everything, everything else. Like, like is that it? it? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is everything just walking on your hands? I can do that. Um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. I would say that's probably the highlight. Um, not just because I qualified for the games, but I think it's like the first, the first time I actually started believing that I could do something bigger than just like qualifying for something. You know, I wasn't just gonna be there. I was gonna like show up for it and like really do it for me. And so that's really cool. And the games, of course, was an amazing experience in itself. So I'm I'm really fortunate to have had that. I mean, there are not many people like uh, that can say that they qualified for the games and went to the games. Like that is so amazing. Like I would literally get CrossFit games like tattooed on my face if that <laughs> like, ever happened. If that ever happened yeah. to me, Steph, you really like you really though are a role model, and I I don't know if that's like sunk in yet that you first of all have like such a big following, like not only on social media but in person and women especially are looking up to you, especially women in the Asian community. We were talking to Patrick Chung, um, not Patrick Chung, Patrick Clark, PC and the pups. And I was like, what are like some like things that I just like can't miss talking about with Steph. And he just wanted to ask you like how you do feel about being a role model in this space. Um, well, I'm touched. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, it, I mean, I don't, think about that a lot which is why I'm I'm flustered I I really appreciate <laughs> oh, the compliment because nice. it means a lot to me I think um it's it's really nice to think that like what you're doing on an everyday basis is something that other people could use for good um I, like I said my parents have always been amazing super supportive and their whole thing was just like find a way to do what you love and if you can make money at it then amazing you know, like mm -hmm. cherry on top. So I feel really fortunate that I've been able to do that. And if I can use that platform and like, you know, what I do on an everyday basis to help other people, then that's like, that's it for me. That's yeah. just coated in gold. I love it. I mean, yeah, in both aspects of your life, you're you're doing just I know. that. I feel so. like Mike drop it. So you can just stop right here. <laughs> yeah, right? just like you've done it all. I'm emotional. And um no, this is just this has been amazing and so fun getting to know you. And I hope that, you know, the people the the people who are looking up to you listen to this and learn a, a few new things about you that maybe they didn't know. But now it's time. Now to get time. to the game, the game portion of this podcast. Not as intense as the CrossFit games, but Not it's a game. Not quite Pretty as intense, more. but it is a game. We would consider you the it girl. She is an it girl. You are an it girl. You know, you're just an it girl. And people, oh, yeah, people, people know that. So let us all in on the it girl secrets we're gonna ask you a few of your favorite things a few of your go-to stuff and it's like quick answer it, quick it answer girl shit is the name of the game it girl shit so let's get to it all right here we go all right first one favorite meal it can be weird Ooh. not the squid don't say the squid <laughs> squid is way way low <laughs> it's with the assault like. um mexican tacos Hell yeah, no. Rob makes these really good brisket tacos and like pork carnitas, and it's just like, yeah, it's just every it. day. It's it. Okay, okay. Date night, best date night spot. Ooh, I am kind of an introvert, so like on my couch watching a movie. Honestly, love that in sweatpants. Well, that just... leads me into my next question. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say favorite TV show, but I'll do movie or TV show. Oh my gosh. 
So I really struggle with this because I like love Netflix secretly. Steph, we told you you didn't have a lot of time. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I will tell you that like Netflix doesn't make the calendar, but it plays a major role in my life. Okay. When I have the time. Um, Let's see. Is there anything on Netflix that you're like binging? Yeah. Well, okay. So it's not on Netflix, but we've been watching Tokyo Vice recently Mm. and I'm really into it. It's on HBO Max. Okay. Really right. into go it. watch, go watch what we'll have to watch. Yeah. Um, Westworld is coming in like a month and I'm pumped. Um, everything on Apple TV I've ever watched. I love, uh, whoop. There it is. Yeah. I know none of that was Netflix. <laughs> I guess. No, okay. No. Okay. Bridgerton. Oh, Oh, that was a good one. That was that was a saucy one. I did. Did you ever watch? I it? never did watch I mean, that. Lee and I are really into like reality yeah. TV, unfortunately. Like, so we like binge like Selling yeah. Sunset, um, The Kardashians. So that always comes up in my like in my suggestions, but I've never watched it. Some somehow reality TV like has never. I've never punctured the barrier. Well, whatever. we're giving never, you homework. Like, Start Selling go. Sunset and report back. That is like okay. I that is number one on my Netflix every single yes. time. So it's a your Netflix knows you. Much. So listen to it. We know you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Next one. Oh, I missed it. Um, the go-to snack. Ooh, air pop popcorn with seasoning on top. We like spray and then put like ranch seasoning on. It like hack life hack. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good. Pop- one. Popcorn's a great yeah. snack. Um. Favorite podcast besides Don't Tone Alone, obviously. Yeah. This one, of course. <laughs> God. Um, okay, so historically, I would listen to a lot of uh, Kettlebells and Cocktails, which is my friend Nikki and John's podcast. Oh, shout out. So that's that's probably number one. Um, prior to PA school, I have to say that I've been listening to a lot of, um, it's called Cram the Pants. It's for, The pants is our like boards. So he, it's a lot of like review stuff. It makes my commute feel like it's studying. See, Lee and I are like, let's fry our brain. And she's like, yeah, she's like, I'm studying. Well, yeah, a little, (laughs) a little nerdy one. Yeah. Do you, do you keep up with like a lot of, I'm sure like a lot of the CrossFit news and like, do you follow other like CrossFitters on like YouTube and like watch that type of stuff? Or do you tend to kind of like to step away from it? Um, when it comes to social media after you kind of put it after you train, yeah, that's a good question. I I do follow a lot of my friends on social media. Um, I have to admit I'm more Instagram than YouTube. Um, if something comes up, I'll sometimes go to a, to watch YouTube, but I follow them more on Instagram. Um, and fortunately, a lot of my friends do keep me up on the news. They'll they'll I'll be in class and I'll get afterwards when I turn off Do Not Disturb. I'll get all the messages like, "Did you hear this happen?" And so then I spend like my commute home catching up on what happened that day. Right. Thank God for friends. Keep you keeping you updated. That's that's Leah for me. No, usually, usually it's Rob too. He's like, this happened at 10 a.m. How do you not know about this already? And I was like, I am dead to the world between eight and five. When I'm on campus, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Don't talk to me. PA don't text. Don't call. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, coffee order. Hmm. Okay. Nitro cold brew. Usually. And you're a Starbs girl, obviously. Yes. Okay. That's surprising. Do, Usually okay, a lot of Boston. Bostonians are like Dunkin' all the way. Um, okay, so it's Starbucks for me if I'm anywhere, but I love local places. Usually yeah. when we're like traveling, we the travel local pop, places. Yeah. And to be honest, I really like Tate. Oh, Tate's good. The one in, yeah. I feel like if we go to one, is there, um, there's multiple locations, right? I think there's, I yeah. was like, I just always end up at the Seaport one. Oh, yeah. They're, so they they do have a lot of locations and they brew Stumptown, which I really like their coffee. Um, so I just get a plain like drip coffee from them. But they have a beautiful bakery near to where I live and then one right across from Northeastern's campus and then one right down the street from Fenway, the Fenway Invictus location. We do so, need to Google. She like has it on lock. <laughs> I'm, I'm covered in Tate. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. All right. And last one here. Um, one thing that people don't know about you that they'd be surprised to hear. That's kind of hard. She's like, I'm afraid this is coming. You wa- you wanted a rapid fire answer. I don't know if I have one. Um, so before when I was an athlete, I used to use the like, oh, I, 
you know, we used to teach biology at a medical school and like, I'm a huge nerd, but I feel like everyone knows that now because I'm in PA school. Um, something that people don't know and they'd be surprised to know about me. Like maybe a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, I, sometimes I say I love to eat because people don't think that like athletes love to eat and like, I will just binge like all day. That's why I have to measure my macros. Um, is there a food that like, you're like, oh my God, I'm upset. Like, is it, do you have a sweet tooth or is it like you want pizza? It depends on the day. I will totally get into a whole pizza by myself. Um, with like weird stuff on it, like caramelized onions, blue cheese, oh, oh, prosciutto. Yeah. yeah, that ain't weird. Um, like if it has any of that combination with anything else, I'm like, that's my pizza. That one's it. But I do have a sweet tooth. I like sometimes Rob will be like, are you just eating chocolate chips out of the like semi-sweet chocolate chip bag? And I'm like, like, mind your business, Rob. Um, it was on the <laughs> calendar. So um... <laughs> you didn't see this. You didn't check. Asked. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. All right. Well, this was a ton of fun. So glad we finally captured you. Steph, tell us what's next. Anything we should be on the lookout for? Plug away, girlfriend. Well, when I'm not in my hole at PA school, which I am often, which is why I go dark on on Instagram sometimes, um, I have been working really closely with some of my sponsors and I have a new one coming up soon. Hey. Um, so I'm excited to announce that. I'm really excited to be working with them. Um, and yeah, I don't know if I have anything official, but that's coming announcements coming on that. Hey. And, um, and yeah, and I will have a good answer to the, to the, what would, so what do people not know that would that's what we'll launch you. when the episode yeah. launches, we'll, we'll give follow up the, yeah. with something a little more juicy. Yes. Perfect. And then where can people find you like on the gram? What's your handle? Yep. I'm Steph Chung too. And that's, I'm kind of boring. That's kind of all I use. I have Facebook, but it's basically my Instagram and otherwise I love getting DMS from people. So if anyone wants to DM, I like, I don't have as much time for it anymore, but I always try to get back to people. And are you still accepting like clients? Is that something that you're trying to push or you're like, just not now ask me after PA school. Exactly. Ask me after PA school. I have a couple people who I have programming for and I work with. Um, but right now I'm keeping the roster a little bit smaller, but I do on break. Sometimes I announce like openings for personal training sessions. So that would be pretty cool. I, I do that every once in a while. All right, get on the wait list, people. Make your resis, kids. All right, you can tone from home. You can tone from your phone. But all we ask is that that you you don't don't tone alone. alone. Bye, guys.